Welcome to Anecdotes for Success with Matt and Paul. Storytelling is an art form, emphasizing the value and learning that is created through personal experience. Our purpose is to share these stories and experiences with the listener. Everyone has a powerful testimony. Let's use them to level up to our best life with truth, meaning, trade-offs, and perspective. Big shout out to Isaac Mather for the new podcast intro. You can check Isaac's music out on all socials or directly at IsaacMatherMusic.com. So Mark, how are you? I know we've talked on the phone. I we're we're Twitter friends. Matt always gets a kick out of that, but he understands he's he's not in, or ex friends. Uh well that's but yeah, worse. Ex friends sounds like we used to be yeah. friends, but <laughs> yeah, it and, does. That's what I thought he meant, actually. <laughs> and I know we're on a timeline because you, how old's your child now? He's 12 weeks old, just turned 12 weeks yesterday. And I, no I, way, my daughter always make fun of people that would, you know, use weeks as their age, but yeah, it really is like so different every week. So, Mark, my daughter, my daughter turned 12 weeks today. No way. Yeah. How funny is that? Wow, that's crazy. So born the day before Halloween, essentially? Correct, right? the 30th, yep. Wow. Yeah, ours was the 29th. That's amazing. Wow, too funny. Yeah, Matt. seriously. How's that going? A wonderful. You know, wonder, parenting as, as new parents, you know, it's it's got its challenges, of course, but and, and more so for the mothers, I think, than us. Uh, oh, 100%. I <laughs> have but, never, but I mean, I've always a, known my wife was um, a superstar, but... She's really, really, really shown that in motherhood. So I, I couldn't agree more in, in my circumstances. It's, but it's wonderful, and and uh, I, I, it sounds like you're having a, a wonderful experience too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wonderful. I could use a lot of words to describe it, but wonderful is for sure one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pick, I pick on Matt because we were childhood friends, and Matt had Matt had a daughter get married this year and a daughter born this year. Wow. So. <laughs> got a that, wide range of spectrum there <laughs> yeah no doubt about it you know but my older daughter and i are, are very close and i'm very proud of her and it's a great great adult i want to call her a kid and um but starting over you know with 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 my my new daughter here has been it's like a whole different ride and it's just it's 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 awesome you know it's just awesome so uh, absolutely yeah i'm having a blast and and uh I don't feel old. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. This will make you uh, probably feel a lot of different things, I guess, in the middle of the night, waking up, like hmm, I'm starting to feel old. Like I can't be up at this hour, but <laughs> making me adapt quick. It does, doesn't it? Well, congratulations. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. Mark, we, we don't want to hear too much about you yet. I mean, we I haven't officially little... started yet, but uh, <laughs> basically we'll just have you start. You go back as far as you want about any i mean twitter your 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 mission with financial literacy anything and then we never i have a blank sheet of paper i never even know what we're going to call the episode till the end i just write stuff down and tie it in together way to do it we have a lot of fun we'll get you out of here within the hour you know i mean give or take i'm not too worried about it but i appreciate that too and i appreciate you guys being flexible on the time here i know i kind of dictated like very specific times that would work but um that, it, it makes it easy for me yeah it's okay and you're in minnesota right yep where where in minnesota um just outside of st paul so it's the twin city so i'm also just outside of minneapolis but um i'm a little bit closer to st paul so i like to call myself a st paul boy i'm about 10 minutes from there that's a neat. I've been there a couple, a few times in my life. Not, not for a few years, but um, I'm in New York, where Paul is, upstate, and and but that was I that I always enjoyed my time, my time there, and and uh, I went on a snowmobiling trip once, way up. Like I, I, I don't remember exactly. It's about 15 years ago, and it was, it was, it was so fun. It was so. Fun. I bet. Yeah, that that's kind of a big deal here. Um, people yeah. do. Like bar hopping on snowmobiles and such. We, we were. <laughs> I'm not sure it was too responsible looking hey, back. <laughs> as long as you didn't, no one got hurt or anything. Like, no one got. Sounds hurt. like it was worthwhile. <laughs> it was. It was a unique experience, and I mean that in, in a very positive way. It was awesome. Good. 
I'm happy that you enjoyed Minnesota. A lot of people, you know, just think of it as a flyover state, but there's quite a bit here. And um, surprisingly, we have like tons of Fortune 500 companies based out of here. It's yeah, it's a little yeah. bit more um, busy of a state than people realize. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot going on. I'm trying. It's 3M out of there. Yep, I'm 3M's to think- out of here. Um, yep. U.S. Bank. And okay. Like, I don't know. We have General Mills, Target. Yes, that's that's right. That's oh, wow. right. Best Buy. Yeah. yeah. Plus, Prince is from there, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Everyone, everyone knows Prince at least too. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are upstate Matt, tell- New York guys. Are you Buffalo Bills fans? We're Steeler fans. Steeler fans. Oh, okay. Well. I mean, there's we're most people in our area are Buffalo Bills fans. Yes, so it's, it. it's a well, it's a it's a reasonable question. But we are yeah. Paul and I just happen to be Steelers fans. But um but I would say that with um we were rooting I know we were we were texting throughout the game last night. We're hoping yeah. to see the Bills win and, and get a shot. You know, the community really rallies around them, maybe too much sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're kind of known as like the craziest fans in the NFL from us outsiders, at least. And I'm sure I think it's well earned. I, th- I think, I think, I think as two people who live in this community, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's, uh, it's not just a rumor. I mean, that's, they're, 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 in, they're intense. We're, we're two hours, 15 minutes, two and a half hours from Orchard Park. And, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count the people that drive to every game. Even even when they played the Steelers after the snowstorm and tickets were cheap, people just all jumped in their cars and went. It's insane. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's dedication. I mean, this was supposed to be their year. I know they probably say that every year, but like, it never looked like a better chance than this year with the Chiefs being kind of on the down, but can't ever bet against Pat Mahomes, I guess. No. Matt, Matt, talk about your background super quick, just so Mark knows, and then we'll get started. We're wasting valuable time here. <laughs> it's all good stuff. It's all good content, Paul. Yeah. Um, we're recording, right? So um, yeah, well, we could keep it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys yeah. do any like cuts or edits or anything? Because you could just throw it in the middle or I, something. <laughs> not, not usually, unless there's a, yeah. a real reason to. But you know, the whole the whole point of our pod, why we enjoy it, and why we we did it, was to have like real conversations, you know, like and not edit and cut. And we, we just part of our value system, I guess, for the show, we just believe that's what, what's, um, well, that's what we're about, you know? Yeah. And, and well, if you catch me rambling at any point, you can cut as much or as little as you want. I'm, I'm all, I'm open to whatever. Mark, uh, if Paul hasn't cut me yet, then uh, chances are (laughs) it it won't, but no, just real quick. I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, myself i uh own a lot of subway restaurants i'm largest owner of subway restaurants in new york state and which is uh, wild paul paul told me that and we'll definitely have to touch on that in the episode yeah and i'm into real estate and i have a you know promotions business and 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 um you know i'm involved in a few different things but you know um i'm just of that mindset let me put it that way so i'm big into financial education and and the future you know the future and all, all that kind of stuff so um and and don't make any assumptions mark because i don't know and this is how it always is so don't be offended i don't know anything about you yet or anything yeah. like that so so perfectly forgot okay. to mention i forgot to mention that i i rarely tell matt who the person coming on the podcast <laughs> is he he knows nothing except what i've said already all right that and, makes it more fun it, does, well, it makes we, the conversation more so. real. It makes it more <laughs> we real. Think so. For sure. And and this started, and then we'll get started with your story. This started because we Matt, when I took this job at the 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 school I'm at right now and have a lot of flexibility to do things, I reached out to Matt for something and realized he's pivoted and reinvented himself in ways I never knew. We were childhood kid friends, disconnected. Then he switched careers. I didn't know, but he's been one of the best mentors to my students. And the most fun about doing this podcast is since we've done this and this is our fourth year, I've grown in ways. And I, I think Matt has too. I mean, I I just bought my first commercial property and I've, I've got oh, wow. my small financial business. And I mean, teaching, everybody thinks I'm going to retire in a couple of years from teaching that's just the beginning. Like we have a mindset, like we're never, you're never going to really stop doing stuff. Right. You just do 
more stuff you want to do, I guess. So yeah. And just based on kind of some of your posts and such, it seems like the teaching you do, it's almost like you're kind of crafting it into like what you want to teach. I know there's probably plenty that you have to teach and you might not like as much as some of the stuff that you choose to teach, but um, right. I always am like, dang, if I'm ever a teacher, I want to be one like Paul. So yeah, agree. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how New York lets us do it. We zoom today with a, a, a woman named Sheila bear. She was the former chair of the FDIC. She was telling us about time with president Obama and, I guess in 2008, she was vote runner up for woman of the year to Angela Merkel. Oh my gosh. How did you and get a Zoom with her? Yeah, really? My fr our, uh, Mike Sheffer, a friend of mine that M Matt knows, he, he has a, a financial, uh, not a company, but more like an online thing called Foolproof, Foolproof. And uh, she's coming. She's coming to our area April 9th to read. She has children's books like Princess Persephone Lost Her Castle because she didn't okay. understand how to pay a mortgage and she's going to read to some elementary students and we're going to have a lunch with business owners and the media and the kids have to figure out how to raise the money to do it, which that's the fun part. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, real life I'm lucky, down. but, but what tell us your story. You start, we, we're done talking for a while. Um, well, my story, I guess I like to usually start with, uh, I'll touch on my childhood. I had, an excellent upbringing. My parents, phenomenal people. Um, they, I, I couldn't have written my childhood any different way because they just were so great to me and teaching me lessons and kind of letting me learn things um, by doing, as opposed to just having very strict rules all the time. Um, so they were some of the nicest people that, you know, all my friends would consider them just the cool parents and we'd get to have sleepovers at my house all the time and such. And um, I kind of want to emulate them in parenthood because I, I do owe, I think, most of my success to the way that they raised me um, and most of my lack of, you know, issues throughout life. Not that I had no issues. I definitely <laughs> had certain things go wrong, but um, they kept me out of a lot of trouble based on just the way that I was raised and how they taught me so much growing up. Um, but as far as kind of my my passions with finance and such and um, just personal development, I would say I owe a lot to when I was a senior in high school, I had the option to take an elective course in personal finance. And I don't hear about that being an option for a lot of people, or maybe they just don't realize it's an option until later in life when they're like, oh, I wish I would have taken a course like that. But I did take an elective course and learned um, one of the days a financial advisor came in and was a guest speaker and taught us about compound interest and the rule of 72 and how long it takes to double your money based on certain interest rates. And my mind was blown. Like she showed us these numbers where if you start investing at age 18 versus at age 30, how much less you have to put in if you start at age 18 to reach millionaire status and how much quicker you'll still get there. Um, even though you put in so much less and just, I went home that night and my mind was just twirling with so many ideas. Like I was 17 at the time. And I was like, the day I turn 18, I need to get some money in the stock market, get it working for me because clearly the earlier you start, the better. Um, so that kind of sparked the passion originally. And, um, the day I turned 18, I did open an investment account. I went to Scott trade, which is no longer in business. I think they were bought out by TD Ameritrade, but um, I went in person. That's how we had to do it then and opened up an account. And I started just picking things that Jim Cramer was telling me to invest in. So a little <laughs> bit different strategy back then for me, but um, it, it helped me start learning immediately um, how to invest. And I ever since have been very passionate about investing. Um, I became a finance major in college and kind of took finance as like, this is what I'm into. This is something I can make a career out of. Um, out of college, I went into financial planning as more of like an associate role, kind of an internship. I was commission only, but they were paying for me to get licensed to be a broker. Um, I ended up not liking that role too much because it was very heavily insurance-based and selling insurance, whereas all my passion was on the investing side. I get that a complete financial picture involves insurance, but I wasn't into that. So 
I left, I went to more of a support role on an investment um, department at a bigger firm. So all I was dealing with was investments at that time, but I was in a support role. So I wasn't an actual advisor. I couldn't give um, advice to people. I was more kind of like executing things and designing portfolios. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't the one who was actually recommending investments to people. So pros and cons to that. I had a lot more, um, I guess, work-life balance and a lot less pressure on the job, but I wasn't um, as entrepreneurial as I would have liked in that role. And I didn't have as much freedom to like, if someone was making a poor decision, I couldn't tell them they were making a poor decision because I wasn't their licensed advisor at the time. So um, in the end, I, I started seeing people on X and social media, uh, Twitter at the time, posting a lot about personal finance and personal development and such. And I actually was working for a firm that was so strict, I couldn't post anything like that on social media without compliance approval. So I was like, man, like I would have so much fun just writing about this stuff and, you know, not needing to have it clear through compliance because that would take six weeks. Um, so I, I started kind of thinking about like, okay, like someday if I ever leave this industry, I'm going to start writing on social media and just kind of building a brand around my passion as opposed to using it as my career. Um, and then I got to talking to someone who works for a technology company that eventually uh, wanted me to come over and work for this tech company. And I was like, no way, like I'd have to give up my licenses and everything I've built in this career. But um, after some thinking and the, a pretty good offer, I decided, you know what, I'm not super thrilled with my current path in financial services. So I'm going to pivot, jump over to technology for my career. And then I do have the freedom and flexibility to just start posting whatever I want and building a brand on social media um, and maybe someday building a business around my true passions of personal development, personal finance, whatever it may be. Um, and then the sky's the limit with my tech career as well. So it's kind of like best of both worlds. I still keep my passion, but I'm much less restricted with it. And then I can build a career and, and focus on my career separately. So very roundabout way of telling you how I got to where I am today. But right now I'm working for a tech company in a role that I enjoy and with people that are great and they don't care at all about personal finance or my brand or anything. So I can do that all on the side and it's the right balance for me. Um, that's how I met Paul was um, posting on X like we talked about before. And we I've met a lot of great people on there. I, I'm super happy with with how that's going. I'm not a big creator by any means, but I am um, happy with the circle that we have on there and, and the people that I get to interact with on a daily basis. So that was a lot I just kind of threw at you guys. Um, anything that I kind of, any gaps that I should cover? No, I'm, I'm just curious, Mark, you know, what's your goal with the, with the brand building and, and the, you know, the, the, the personal finance and, you know, um, what, why, you know, what, what are you trying to accomplish with that? I'll start with that. Yeah. So I don't have, I guess, like a exact clear cut specific goal. Like I have with, you know, most of my goals are very specific, but for this brand and, and my social media and such, I don't have that specific goal. I do have goals that it could help with potentially down the line. Um, my wife and I want to become what we termed work optional. Um, before standard retirement age, we want to reach a point where we have enough money that we don't have to work a standard job or we don't have to do anything necessarily. Um, and we'll have enough money that funds our, our needs and our wants going forward. This wouldn't be something that happens in the next few years. This would be something that happens in the next couple of decades. So our goal is to hit that point by age 49. So we can say we did it before age 50. Um, or, you know, it could be whether we have enough money or we have enough passive income coming in mm. that funds our lifestyle. Um, right now, you know, on social media, I make not much money at all, but I do actually make a little bit. Um, right. And that has grown a little bit over time. X has started paying creators, you know, when you're getting a certain number of ad impressions under your posts, and then just building a presence and building a following, I feel like will have value uh, over time. If I have people that actually listen to what I want to say, 
maybe someday I'll have something that I think can help them um, quite a bit and, and they may pay me for that. But um, as far as, you know, a set exactly what I'm going to do to um, make a living off of this, I don't have anything like that because I don't think that I will make a living off of the brand necessarily. I think it's going to be more of a side project that I do for enjoyment, but um, anything that, that does work out monetarily with it, it would be just a bonus. It was important enough where you basically switch careers to keep pursuing it though. So I think that's pretty special. <laughs> kind of. I, I didn't switch careers solely for that purpose. I did. Um, okay. It was a huge part of it though, like you said. So I, I did feel like in my last career, I kind of had ran the gambit. I wasn't really going anywhere that I wanted to go. Like I would have had to basically take a managerial route to like keep moving up where I was and, I didn't know if I wanted to manage people. So I said, I'm going to try the tech industry. It's I'm working for a company that's just like growing like crazy. And um, so opportunities are endless where I am, where I didn't feel that way at the last company. So um, it was a little bit, it was a mix of things, but yes, it is something that I enjoy enough. And like, I can talk about 24, seven, 365 days a year, personal finance stuff. And I, I couldn't talk about it at all at the last company. So it was kind of, you know, other than strictly work stuff, it's kind of nice to have the freedom now. Why do you think you're so passionate about it? Outside, outside of that, that maybe that that story you told about being in high school. But what, what do you think resonates with you so much about it? And then to follow that up, what do you what do you see from the average person, the people people you work with, talk with, whatever? Like, what are you seeing out there when it comes to people's personal finance? I think. My answer to both those questions will be pretty similar. It's I think that there's such a large gap in knowledge um, and just simple understanding and, and habits around this space that people don't realize how the time value of money works. They don't realize that the smallest little decisions and the smallest little changes earlier in life can have massive impacts down the road. Just saving an extra $50 a month can lead to so much change in your life 30 years from now. And people, they don't think about that. They're very all about instant gratification these days and very focused on the present, which is good. That's my weakness is I need to focus more on the present. I'm, I'm very forward focused and uh, future thinking, but I, I think people need to take into consideration their future a little bit more. And, and most do just in different ways than I do. And um it's something that I've always seen. And even with my friends, like they, they turn to me for questions about anything money related. And um, I take pride in that. And I, I don't have all the answers, but I'm always interested in trying to find them. And just because I guess the, the way it resonates with me um, is because I, I do feel like I have a knowledge base that a lot of people don't have when it comes to that, or just an interest in having um, my future pretty much set up while I'm young. Um, I don't know, you know, if it's something just in me that like why I'm, I'm, I'm just a nerd, I guess, about money for whatever reason. But um, <laughs> in the end, I, I think that people in general could use a little bit more education. And since, you know, people are always complaining, they don't, they didn't get that in high school or, you know, I wish they would have taught me this when I was young. I wish I didn't get into credit card debt. There are a lot of predatory things out there like credit cards the day I got to college there were 10 booths set up trying to get kids to sign up for credit cards and nowhere are they you know there's no one shouting like hey like if you do this like be very careful it's all hey if you do this you get all these reward points and you can use them on a flight to Me Mexico or whatever and um it's kind of sad like I just think that there's a lot of backwards um what's the word like backwards I'm trying to think of the word for like dialogue or whatever the a lot of backwards um synopsis well, i'm trying to think of that i don't know i lost the word you can cut this part out but. <laughs> no, no, i mean i i mean you're seeing you're talking the things you're talking about are the things paul and i talk about of course and and paul's in a, the enviable position in my opinion where he gets to take these younger people and talk to them about this and how important it is because you know everything you're saying in terms of the importance of it and, and what you see out there 
is, you know, and, and I don't live in that world the way Paul does or you do um, to that degree. But 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 I pay attention. I talk to a lot of people. I work with people in other ways. And the biggest thing I see is just people that, that, that they don't know and there there's no knowledge. There's no whatever conversation is happening. What, what little conversation is happening generally tends to be. Hey, you can't take it with you, so you might as well spend it. You know, these these terms we have that just say, do what you want right now, whatever makes you feel good. Don't worry about it. Just just spend, spend, spend. And somehow that's gonna lead to some sort of gratification, which never happens, by the way. And and on and on we go. And then by the time, you know, most people well, most people never figure it out. But by the time you by the time it's not long before you find out you're in trouble and, and, and it's, it's these, it's the lack of education. It's the conversations that do take place. I think are so, I can't find the word either to mark. They're just, they're just wrong. They're just, they're just the wrong direction. They're, they're, they're not, you know, they're not the, the, the conversations we should be having, which is the conversation you started off with. If you start at 18 versus 30, let's put the same amount of money in. And then let's just hit some buttons here and let's look at the number when you're 63 or, or 68 or 58. Or Pick a number. I don't care. And and if that doesn't get you going and excited and fired up, you know, and I get it at 18, maybe it won't, you know, because we're all living in the moment at 18. That is far forward thinking as you say you are. And I, I'm this, I have the same problem. So I'm always looking forward. I, I have a hard time thinking about the now. But that has some advantages as well. Um, but, you know, I'm, I was, I'm just curious on the people you talk to and, and what what you think some of the biggest mistakes are, actually. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head with what you just described, too. I think people it, it doesn't feel real until it's too late, like things such as debt or not investing and then realizing, oh, wait, I probably should invest. And, oh, wait, I'm not going to make as much as. It sounds like a lot of people are making investing because I only have a five or 10 year time frame. Right. Um, I I see what you have been, what you also just described as far as like people living in the now and such. They think if I'm not able to take my money with me when I die, like what's the point in saving it? Because tomorrow's not guaranteed. And I do think yeah. that there's good value in that. Um, and like we said, like we each probably could learn from that too. And and try to implement that a little more into our lives. But at the same time, there's there's absolutely a balance that we need because future you is begging you right now <laughs> to make good decisions. I love and it. A lot of people have regrets on uh, their deathbed of like, well, I shouldn't have, you know, been as reckless when I was in my 20s or 30s or whatever. I should have, you know, thought more about the future of my family because now I have nothing to leave them or um, whatever it may be. People tend to realize things too late as far as, hey, this is a smart thing to do. And it isn't doesn't even take that much change in your life to save a little bit of money or to not spend too much money. It, that's kind of the two things it boils down to most is, you know, you just don't have to spend too much often and then you can maybe save a little bit. Um, I just see people like lifestyle creep is huge. People get a raise, you know, my teammates are colleagues at work or friends will get a raise. And the first thought isn't like, okay, great. Now I can start saving for this. It's usually, okay, great. Now, like I have that new set of clubs I want to buy. I'm going to go get that. And then, Ooh, I could probably put a down payment on this way too fancy of a car for me to be driving right now kind of thing. Um, and all that is fine. Like everyone has their own passions. Like some people probably look at what I'm doing and shoveling money into my investment accounts as wasteful too. But, um, to each their own. And I think, you know, some choices are going to feel great in the now and some are going to feel great later. And I prefer the delayed gratification um, as opposed to the instant. So go ahead, Paul. No, it's, you know, working with kids a lot. If people, if, if you were educated enough to realize what your future could look like, if you start when you're 18, like you said, I've, I've changed my tune around my seniors a lot now because at the end of the day, they just don't picture themselves being old. I don't think any 18-year-old thinks – they think 50 or – they just don't see it. 
So I frame it now when I, when I show them numbers through investment calculators and how little they could put or how much they could put to, to gain a large pot of money, I tell them you're sick of high school and you've been in the school system like 12 years, right? Or you're sick of education. And you think you're going to go to college and get some debt and get this job and live happily ever after 12 years from now, you're going to be sick of your career, your job. Probably. I hope not. But if you're investing and you have a pool of 100K or 50K or 100, whatever, it's going to allow you some freedom to even pivot or go back to school or take six months off, right? Or or do some things. It almost doesn't even, that's how I get them started in the convo. It, it doesn't even have to be just save this so you have all this money someday. Just save it so you can tap into it and your future self doesn't hop in a time machine and come back and just slap you, right? Uh, I, I love that. You're and, giving and, them a light at the end of the tunnel, essentially like, hey, yes, just use it. it. It can almost be like a plan B. Like if things don't work out, it gives you an out as opposed to well, you're stuck. You have no other option in this career that you suddenly realize you don't like. Hopefully, like you said, everyone likes their career. But as we know, realistically, there's always going to be things people don't like about their career. So, yeah. And, and some of it, you, you might like your career, but just the world changes. There might be something else you like and it's okay. And, yeah. and I've also learned if you don't have any type of financial education, no amount of money is going to be enough. A million dollars, 2 million, like look at lottery winner studies. Right. Oh, and I, so that's, that's what, and you know, if, if you're, if your things to buy the $7 coffee, you're not supposed to, but if that's the only bad decision you make and you're still investing, I guess it's okay. Right. Or if you like cars, so you're, you're, you're spending way too much there, but you're still doing the other things. Right. I guess that's okay. Right. But, but when it's every aspect of your life with consumption, you know, those are the two things I try to hit home. So I think those are great. And I think those are things, like you said, that 18 year olds can actually relate to and understand. Um, bottom line kind of to what you were just saying is prioritize your priorities, spend on those and then find ways to save or sacrifice on everything else. Cause you're not moving the needle that much. Like me, I don't care about coffee that much. If I was spending $7 a day on coffee, I would be wasteful because to me, it's not really different than the 10 cent cup I can make at home. We, we, we all agree on it. We talked about it last (laughs) week. That's why I'm, I'm looking at Matt's expression. I agree. (laughs) Is, is, is there a, uh, well, I was going to ask you, Mark, if there's a formula you, you talk to people about and, 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 you know, but, but before I do, what's your, what's your thought on like, um, you know, where I, where I got and as quickly as I got there, couldn't have been done through investing. Like, like take, take part of your money and it had to be done through debt. All right. Yep. And risk, Leverage. you know, leveraging good debt and taking a risk in the sense of operating your own businesses and, and those kinds of things. Um, and the advantage of that is one, it's like, it's like what we're talking about, but it's on steroids. You can just go much faster and much higher, right. And in, in ways you can't, if you were like me before where you're making an average salary and, you know, and, and you've got X amount left over, put it in the marketplace and, and, and wait for the next 30 years or 35 years. And then, and then, um, and then, you know, there's your payoff. What, but the whole time I'm making sacrifices, you know, while I'm waiting that 35 years, let's say, right. I'm not doing some of the things I would want in terms of consumption. Maybe I want that $7 coffee. Maybe I want that fancy car. By the way, things that I don't want, but I'm just using, this is just an example. You know, this yeah. isn't me. This is just an example. It's, it, I'm just curious what your opinion on it is. And then, and then um, you can, you know, you can go faster, farther. Uh, and then that, that allows for, what do you use the term? Work option, work optional work optional quicker, right? Um, um, younger. Um, uh, and then when you are not working, you have access to other things. <clears throat> you can both, you know, I always say, I could go to Disney World when I was 35 and I can go at 48 and I'm going to Disney World either way. 
but the experience is nothing alike, right? Because of the resources and those kinds of things. But it comes at risk. It comes at taking on debt. It comes at a, a, a tremendous amount of time. I am not, I was not working 40 hours a week, right? I'm working 60, 70, you know, there's all these trade-offs. Um, what do you, what do you think about that? And everything's a trade-off, right? So, so I'm not saying that's better. I hope that's not what you're saying. I'm not saying oh, no, that's I better. Understand for sure. For one, I'm, what I am saying is I get people who I talk to a lot and they go, well, I want to get here. And I want to get here in this amount of time. I will, cause I've wasted 15, 20 years. I'm in debt. I want to get here, but they have no idea how to cut their consumption. They the idea of working more than 40 hours a week makes them want to throw up. You know, they, they, they've never done it. They can't do it. I mean, they can't, right. but they can't. And, and so I hear those people, but it's our, or, or maybe they're just trying to get to retirement, right? Where they actually have some money and the clock is ticked too far along. So I talked to some of those people as well. I mean, do you have a, any strong opinions on the differences between what I just described and what maybe you're doing or what you would tell an 18 year old? I wouldn't say strong opinions. I do think it's very based on personality and risk tolerance, obviously. Um, but if, if done right, it's like pouring rocket fuel on your timeline because leverage can, like you said, it's just a multiplier effect of how quickly you can reach those goals. Um, for me, I, had a point in my my story, I guess, where I could have pivoted or I could have went a certain direction and I I went the opposite direction. So I owned a house in Minneapolis with some buddies. Um, they were paying me rent. I lived there with them and they essentially were paying my mortgage and I was living there building equity. Um, they were paying cheap rent. So it wasn't like I was, you know, scamming them in any way, but um, <laughs> it was a win for all. And when I met my wife and, you know, we had been together for a while and we decided to to get our own place, I kicked my buddies out and sold the house in Minneapolis and my wife and I moved to the suburbs. But I, for the longest time, had always planned that Minneapolis house is going to be my first investment property that I rent out to others, um, you know, people that aren't my friends necessarily, just tenants that I find. And then I'll start building a portfolio of residential or whatever type of investment properties. Um, and that would be some nice passive income. I didn't go that route for a number of reasons. It was kind of a, a timing thing where the market, this, this was when the housing market was like at its peak during COVID times. Um, yeah. And Minneapolis had just gone through quite a, quite a tough year um, mm -hmm. with riots and such. And it was not a great, time for people to be a landlord there were rent freezes um and it, there were talks about you know like not being able to raise rent for many years and i just was like i don't want to deal with any of this plus i now have to turn around and buy another place at the top of the market so yep. i sold at the top made a great profit and then used that the proceeds as a down payment on our current house super happy with it no regrets but with an asterisk to that i will always wonder if, you know, what, what if I would have kept that property, rented it out and then started building um, a portfolio of properties. Um, for someone like me though, I don't like to, you know, at 2 a.m. receive a phone call that's, hey, um, our furnace just broke and it's negative five degrees here, like figure it out. Um, <laughs> I know there's management companies and such that can help with that. But um, at, the, at the time I, I just made it, hopefully not emotional decision, but I made a decision to, to go the other direction. And now I almost feel like, well, I, I should have, if I was going to, you know, play the leverage game, I should have kept that house. I should have started there. Now I would have to kind of figure out, all right, am I going to sacrifice investing for a while in order to, you know, reach the point of a, a small down payment on a piece of property or whatever it may be? Um, because, as you were describing, like people that don't want to work 60, 70 hour weeks, I don't think I could in my current spot in life with, you know, a newborn and um, we plan to have more kids in the future. And we just have a lot of, I guess, things that we like to do outside of work. And right now, um, 
that's why, you know, I'd be happy to find a way to provide capital for something like that. But obviously, if I'm not willing to put in the work, I don't know if I would be able to get the most value out of the leverage game. But I'm definitely open to to listening to your rebuttal to that, because I'm sure I know with your experience, you you probably have plenty of ideas and options in your mind where you're like, well, you should consider this or that. Um, so if you do, I, I'm all ears. Yeah, no, I, I, I everything you say is spot on in terms of, you know, coming back to the trade off conversation. It's like, you know, you, you don't you don't want that that call at 2 a.m. I, I get them. I've gotten them. You know, they, it sucks. <laughs> it's everything you think it is, you know, yeah. in a negative way. And then, you you know, you, the argument could be, well, you can hire management companies. You can, but it comes at a cost, right? Like everything, mm-hmm. it comes at a cost. And now what am I looking at? For me personally, I don't sell assets. Um, I've never sold an asset that I own 100% on my own. Um and I hope I never do, although there would be times, of course, there would be time. And it's kind of for the same reason, like, you know, I, I feel like there's there's. I feel the data shows I'm better off keeping them in most cases. Right. Uh, right. I mean, that's that's it. It's not emotional for me. I don't fall in love with anything I buy. I only fall in love with people. I only love my my family and my friends and and and, and Paul and 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 and. <laughs> And you know, I don't fall in love with assets or anything like that at all. They're 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 just a means to an end for me. They're a tool, right? They're no different yep. than this pen, in my opinion. It's a tool to get get something done. That's so. Some people think that's why I don't like to sell, but that's got nothing to do with it. Um, it it's not, you know, it's the the the, the debate if there is one is not much one because I think Mark, at the end of the day, it's it, you've got to figure it out. It's like what what do I want to trade for this, right? You, we, we all know that it's like, I like your rocket fuel analogy. Boom. I can, I can go, but it's coming at a cost. You know, I mean, I, I have, I have a lot of assets, but know what else I have? A lot of debt. Right. And, and now I have a lot more, I have a lot more equity than I have debt. I have a, a lot more value than I have debt. And that's all wonderful on a spreadsheet doesn't help me doesn't make me sleep any better at night sometimes when you go holy cow how much do I owe a month yeah of those kinds of things and so there's risk involved there I don't think there's a right or wrong personally you know what I mean I think you said it comes down to personality I for me what was right was doing what I've what I've done um and 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 I only regret not starting starting it earlier, but Mark, I was 31 before I woke up and I was at a negative net worth. And I was, I, I was, you know, I was just, I was just marching to the beat of that drum. They've been playing me since I was five years old, go to school, work hard, get a good job, get good grades, you know, everything will be fine. You know, then when you're 68, you can retire and hopefully your hips work and you don't have glaucoma and now you can go enjoy life. And I, I was doing that. I was on that path. And then some things happened in my life that were terrible at the time, but they're the best things that ever happened to me. And I went, oh no. And then I just started to read and then I, I started to wake up. And then I went, for me, I want to get here and I'm 31 now. Oh, and I don't have a job. So I'm, I got to make some changes here. And so for me, I was like, frankly, I didn't have anything to lose. That's one of the things that I get concerned about Paul's, Paul's um, idea that he tells the students that I love, Hey, put in the money now at 18 and maybe at 30, 31, it's time to pivot. One of the problems that could be with, I, I could see with that. And Paul, we haven't ever even talked about this. I don't think is I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose it. You get tight, right? I've got this money. I own it. It's mine. We all get, I get like this. What got me here is not fear and of, of losing things. It was a dream of, of living a certain life and, and, and having what I want Mark for me is I want time with my daughters and my wife. And I want to be able to do it in a way I want to do it when I want to do it. I don't want to, I, I want to, I want that freedom. I want freedom's all I want. I don't care about money. I care about freedom and I can only get it doing what I've done. I couldn't go back even at 18 and do get what I want because it requires a job and income and that kind of thing. But that's just me. 
You know what I mean? That's just me. Sure. I am not right. I'm just trying to do what's right for me and my, my family. So there's a lot yeah. of different ways of looking at it. And that's one of the things that's so exciting about it, right? Yeah. And it definitely sounds like just from our short conversation here, I can tell like you are 100% the personality that can rock what you're currently doing. Like you are clearly like willing to put in the time, but you also are not someone who wants to need to, you know, turn to their boss at in your forties and be like, Hey, is it okay if I take a day off? And like, you want to <laughs> own your time. And I, I do too. Like we have similar like end goals. You just, you poured rocket fuel on yours and you are better with the trade-offs to reach it sooner. Like, whereas for me, it's like, I'm, I'm okay with doing what I'm doing right now to get there. Um, it'll take a little longer time, um, a lot longer time in the end, but it'll, it'll still get us there when we want to. And I, I have to unfortunately like deal with some of the things that I don't like about, you know, working for a, a big corporation and such, which, you know, there's tons of pros and cons, obviously, but I don't have a hundred percent control. Yeah. My time and Paul, I'll let you jump in. Cause I know, know you want to, but I, in, in what you're doing, don't, don't misunderstand the, the number of years, Mark, where I never went on a vacation. I, I, I missed softball games. Right. And I missed, spelling bees and i missed family gatherings like i'll never get that back i'll never get that back you know what i mean so mm -hmm. i i i always try to look at this from a very objective standpoint of like you know and i also could have failed and, and and i could fail tomorrow who the hell knows right so so it's not you know it's not a a game of my way my way's better because i i don't think i don't even look at it like that I'm still doing many of the things that you talk about. I'm, I pump money into my 401ks and, and anywhere I can earn interest and, and, and get tax write-offs and all those kinds of things, I'm doing that as well. But it, it's definitely, you know, there's not a right or wrong. I just, I just, I gave up things, oh, Mark, that were very valuable that I can't ever get back. And people need to understand that too. Yeah, absolutely. And um this is for anyone listening, like it's just a good example of how there are tons of routes you can take to get to where you want to be. Um, you just have to understand the trade-offs of each and figure out which is going to make you happiest in the end. I think Mark just is an advertisement for our show. I mean, that's why we call it <laughs> anecdotes for success because nothing, I mean, yeah, there's proven ways, but your way doesn't like your ways, your story. And our, our four pillars are truth, meaning, trade-offs, and perspective. And I gave up an early career in finance and went back to be a teacher. And I'll never forget when I got married at 25, the first thing I did was I quit my job to go teach for free for 10 weeks because I had to student teach. I I, oh, I pick wow. on with my wife that that my father-in-law must have said, what a gem you are, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it was all planned, you know, but yeah. but but I – I can't wait to tell you the name of this episode. It popped into my head while you guys were, were talking, but there's just many ways to go about it. And, you know, I, I gave up a ton of potential income getting into education, but I freed up. I work half a year, right? So when my kids were growing up, I was the guy that was around all the time. And, and that's, there's no right way to go about it. I, I'm catching up now. I'll never catch Matt, you know? Uh, not even close, but, but it's fun. I feel like I'm a little bit of a hybrid of both of you, if that makes sense. I'm just an older hybrid, <laughs> <laughs> but there's no, there's no wrong way to do it. That's what's, that's been, that's, what's awesome here. If your passion's real estate, get after it. Franchising, get after it. Investing. It, it, there's just no, no wrong and, and way. You can do a, a, a number of them, right? You got, I'm, yeah. I'm in all three of those worlds. Love them all. Yep. Those are the three worlds I live in franchising, investing in real estate. They're all great. They all have advantages and disadvantages, you know, but there's, it is a reason, Mark, we do the podcast is because for the listeners, it's like I, we want it. We want them to hear these perspectives and, and, and these conversations are important. They're so important. People aren't, most people aren't having them. And, and, and most people know so little about money and, and, and finances. I was, I heard someone say recently, they give a lot of talk to, talks to doctors, like medical doctors. And they mm -hmm. said, there's no, there's no group of people who are less educated on money than medical doctors. And it's like, just because you're quote unquote smart, doesn't mean you're good at this stuff. And, and, and people got to, they've got to get educated on it because 
Paul, you said there's no wrong way. There's only one wrong way, and that's a, that's to be ignorant, right? And yeah, and not 100%. not plan and and not do anything, which is what so many people do. And it's why you must. I'm sure you're resonating on Twitter or, or X or whatever we're calling it. You know, it's you know, I'm I, and people get people they're they're fearful, right? And then they're embarrassed, right? And then um, that that doesn't help them reach out and want to get get advice because they think well i should have known this and and it's just not true yeah that and money is just kind of a taboo topic where true people i mean your peers and such that you're that you see often like it's not something that people aren't going and in, walking into their house and be like how much money are you making these days like and you know that's not something that i'm posting either but at the same time like i do post about a lot of things that aren't common conversations and i think people find interest in them though because they're curious and they don't get to hear from anyone else. Um, oh, okay. Like that's what that person's doing with their money. And then someone replies to it and says, oh, you should do this or that, or I'm doing this. And all of a sudden it's like this interesting thread of um, posts that people can learn a lot from. Yeah, You know, Paul, then I'll let you, so I go into Paul's classroom and when I meet his students, he's got two different classes. I've been doing this for years. One of the first questions I ask is who in here knows how much money your parents make? And almost always it's zero, maybe one. And I think the most ever has been two. And the classes are 12, 15 kids a piece. It's your point's exactly right. It, the neat part about all this is if anybody's listening, that's on the fence. Like it doesn't matter which way, just take action. And if you have some money, look for something to put a down payment on or open that brokerage account or, Go to a financial advisor if you're afraid to do it yourself, right? But I think the fact we're all talking like this shows that we've all taken action. We're all different. I know, Mark, you're a lot younger than me. Uh, Matt, Matt's a little bit younger than me. But uh, we're all just the fact you're, you're taking an hour out of your time to have this conversation with us. It's it's. Most people don't even do that. They just complain and another month goes by and a year goes by and five years go by. And e even then it'd be okay to take action, but so many people don't. And I think that's the big crime. For sure. And, you know, one thing that we won't have to take to our grave, at least the three of us, is that we didn't try to at least get people to realize that they should take action. Um, so that is another piece is like, hey, like, I feel like it's cheating that I know what I know. And um, so I want to at least tell others, um, so, you know, they can choose if they want to do something with that information or not. You know, I, I'm getting some kickback from parents now. Uh, these are all honor students. So the plan, the timeline is you're supposed to go to college and it's almost like the more prestigious, the college, the better, but now the kids are understanding that means more debt. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying, I try, I'm trying to talk some of them into taking a year off, live at home bank 10 grand, invest it and forget about it. And when, okay, so you start school at 19 instead of 18. They, they're they seeing the numbers and they some of them are going home and having those conversations. I'm not a very popular teacher in the household right now. But would that be bad though? You know, I wish someone, I don't know what I would have done at my age. I mean, I had the golf scholarship and all that, but who knows? I No one even told me to do that. I'm lucky I found out at 25 what to do. Yeah. And so. I mean, I can tell you from my experience in college, there were people who had that gap year, they called it, um, and worked and banked away money. I don't know what they did with that money, but I can tell you that they all had just as great of a college experience because I was friends with them and like they had the same experience I did and I had a great experience. And so it's not like, oh, no, I'll be one year older than everyone else or um, I'll be the only person that is doing this. That's not the case at all. It's They'll fit in just fine if that's one of the worries that they have. Um, and they'll be ahead financially, like you said, because they had that year to bank away some money for whatever they want to use it on. Mark, I know we're getting close on time here, but one question I've been wanted to ask you from the beginning is what is, do you have one or two pieces of advice you would say to someone either just start, I'm kind of curious on both, just start now. And then maybe that person who's 30 and realizing oh crap, you know, or, or 35 or whatever, kind of that, oh crap, I need to, the, the clock's ticking. Um, 
the one that always comes to mind for me that I think everyone needs to understand and I need to remind myself of often is zoom out and think long-term because whether you're 18 or 30, you still have a lot of time ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And no matter what, that time's going to pass unless there's some freak accident and your life does end early, which is out of your control and you're not going to plan on that happening. Um, that time's going to pass and future you is going to either be thankful for what current you is doing or they're going to be pissed at you for yeah. not doing enough or, or making the wrong decisions. So I I would say zoom out, think big picture, um, and then start breaking it down to, okay, what's something I can do today to get me closer to my goals? And it can be the smallest thing ever, whether it's, hey, I checked out a book at the library that is going to teach me about something that I might be able to use to help me down the line. Like if that's step one, take step one. And then tomorrow, get another fraction of a percent closer. Um, just take a baby step every day and you're going to go a long distance over time. I love it. It's great advice. I mean, you're going to be 50 someday, whether you like it or not, right? Or 60 or 70. If you're so. lucky, right? God will. Yeah, and if you're, if you're not, oh, well. But, I mean, you can't control it. But take action. And then keep keep putting your stuff out there. We I, I bring up this guest every episode. We had a, a guest, Carol Sanford, on our show. And, and she's suffering from ALS. And we've had her twice on the podcast. And, and when it comes to advice, she's like, it's not advice. See if I say this right, Matt. It's not advice. You just keep putting your knowledge out into the universe and the people that need it will will find it and come to you. So I feel like that's X sometimes because you have great advice and no one's no one's using it. <laughs> uh, not you personally. I, I no, mean, I, sometimes with what you tweet and but keep putting it out there. I appreciate that. And I agree. It's not everything's going to work for everyone. And some of the stuff that I say is probably terrible for certain people because of their specific situation. But I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe that there are people out there that um, could benefit from it. And oftentimes I think a lot of people could. So that's that's why I like to do it. And um, I'm always interested in what other people's opinions are, too. So it's nice to have that platform to hear rebuttals and just see what other people are putting out there as well. Well, it, it was great having you on and I'm going to continue following your journey on X and, and we'll, we'll have you on again. If you, if you be game sometime, what we're finding now, it's fun to have people come on later and, and conti continue to see how they're growing or pivoting or changing or whatever. So, yeah, absolutely. I had a great time talking to you guys. It was nice catching up Paul and Matt. Great to meet you. I, I, I didn't get to hear enough of like, we touched on Paul, you got into commercial real estate and, Matt, like your story, I feel like just there's so much to it that I don't know. So I'd love to hear more. Um, so if we do another episode, I'm I'm going to have a lot more questions for you guys. Um, so I know time didn't allow it this time, but absolutely. Yeah, definitely absolutely. love to be back. Hey, hold, hold on one second, but it was great having you on. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, Thank see you, you. Bye. All right. Hey, good jobs. I always mean to tell the guests stay on afterwards. Sometimes when I say see you later, they just vanish. Yeah, they jump. Yeah, we lose them. <laughs> That's how I am in my, my work meetings, at least. I'm always like, oh, I got work to do. I'm out of here. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I just need a, a picture for the bio cover. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, I'll so I just use my X one if that's cool. Yeah, that's fine. Just send it to me or I'll just steal it from there. Uh, they we do them early in the week and then every Sunday at eight o'clock in the morning it just it's just when I schedule it to be released because okay usually that's when if someone sends me something or asks a question about it like Sunday is probably an easier day to answer back right than, than yeah the middle absolutely week. that's good to know because I I like to make sure I'm at least around to support it and stuff i've only been on one other podcast but like i was oh. busy the night that he released it so like four hours later i come on and i was like oh sorry man like <laughs> i would have reposted this earlier and such i'll send it to you and then we i put some money into this ai software where i'll download this video and it pumps out all these little blurbs with the the subtitles and stuff that's cool of anything we say that's important, sometimes you never know. Really? Even yeah. when it thinks oh. it's important, I listen to it. <laughs> it probably it'll probably give me thirty clips, and I oh. I pick three at the most. Like I just don't want 
trap out. It's got to be something cool that's 30 seconds, 20 seconds. Then it then it takes multiple clips from throughout the podcast and puts them together. And it looks like it was one segment. Weird oh, nice stuff. Montage. That's cool. Yeah. So so I'll tag you in all that stuff and Appreciate you respond, it. don't respond, you know, whatever. Don't feel obligated if it's. Oh, well, if you tag me, I'll see it. So. OK. As long as I didn't have something that like ticks a lot of people off. Some of my posts, sometimes I'll get a lot of replies of trolls that are just mad about what I said. And I'm like, hey, that I, this was not to offend anyone. I was just telling you what I do. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll end with this real quick. We started a TikTok account for the podcast because we're oh, wow. reaching young people. Well, we're trying it and I get probably three, 400 views for anything I put on there. Those little clips, but but we had one last week here. You got Matt, me, and we had a guy that has his own HVAC business and he's a huge realtor in our area. And a lady commented, oh yeah, great advice on business coming from three people that probably don't make over 200 grand. That was her comment. (laughs) And people act like they know anything and they they know nothing so Matt helped me. I said, I commented, I wasn't going to comment, but I commented back. You're welcome on the show anytime. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Why not? Right. Any response or no? No, no. Of course no. not. Right. No. And it's <laughs> even on TikTok. There's no picture. It's just an anon, you know, yeah. whatever. But all right, guys, I got to get to practice. Thanks so much. You guys enjoy the rest of the evening with your newborns. Thank, thank you. And thank you seriously so much for having me on. It, it means a lot that you asked me. We loved it. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, See Mark, you, Matt. Appreciate it. Take, Take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.